0: Hello, if you are listening to this, first of all, I want to say thank you. Uh, I'm trying something a little bit different that I haven't done before, and I'm going to do this across the next few weeks as we go through our stewardship series here at Gloria Day. And uh, what I'm going to do is provide a a midweek devotional thought um, and uh, hopefully prepare us for our, our Sunday message. Now, this Sunday, we're going to have two readings in, in particular that deal with marriage. And marriage, it's kind of a big part of what I do. Um, couples come to me when they want to get married. I get to serve as a representative of the state to, uh, to solemnize those vows as husband and wife. And I also get to, uh, to bring uh, uh, the blessing of the word of the Lord to that relationship. Part of that process, however, is that I will usually do pre-marriage counseling. I'll talk with people about what is marriage about, and one of the things that we try to do during that time of pre-marriage counseling is maybe confront some misconceptions about what marriage is like or what's at the heart of marriage. And when we do that, when I do that, what I'm doing is actually trying to bring God's vision for marriage to the couple. And one of the, one of the ideas that I think is really prevalent in our culture right now is that marriage is like a contract. You know, you can just kind of enter into it for a period of time, and if you have to dissolve it, it might be difficult, but you just dissolve the relationship and everybody goes their, their merry way. But in reality, the way that the Bible talks about marriage is as a lifelong commitment to love and cherish one another, as husband and wife love and and cherish one another. And our readings for Sunday are going to take us to Genesis chapter 2, where God created Eve, and we we read the account of the first marriage. Uh, And then also to Mark chapter 10, where Jesus speaks a little bit about uh, divorce and then he also welcomes children. Now, marriage has been called the foundation of civilization. In a lot of ways, it's the first community that we experience if our lives go the way that, that God intends for them to be. You know, this isn't just a, a, a man and a, a woman who kind of make a commitment to each other. This is also, when it is God's will, uh, the context that, that children. Are born in. And children have a way of turning our love outward. And that's an important part of, of life in marriage. Uh, when, when God grants that, you know, that's a, a great blessing to us. So God's vision for family, it's really a relationship of, of love. And not just, not the love that we hear about in the world today where, you know, love is just kind of being nice to people. The kind of love that we're talking about is in 1 Corinthians 13, where it it wants the best for people. It it wants God's good uh, in people's lives. Uh, Family is a relationship that's intended to be a a relationship of nurture and living in faith together. That, That was God's design from the beginning. But as we've experienced across our lives, there is no good gift that the devil can't twist to his own purposes. And that purpose is ultimately to turn us away from God's vision, and that is to have a right relationship with him through faith in Jesus. And the way he does that often is by turning us inward to love ourselves. And you can see maybe where that would be damaging to our relationship in marriage or or our relationships with children. And then that can lead to stealing our hope and joy. So just think back to those first few chapters of Genesis. And please, maybe get your Bible out and take a look at this. In Genesis chapter 2, we find God uh, giving woman to the man. And he calls her a, a helper. And people often chafe at that word. But the Hebrew word for helper, it, the only other person that it really gets used for is God. So there's something very important about this relationship that the man has with the woman if she is his helper. It's, it's like she is uh this great gift to make his life better, even even to rescue him and, and to give him someone to live for. Uh this is a this is a blessed relationship. It's not a, a relationship of servitude. And, and then when the man meets the woman for the first time, there's this this statement of almost like worship and awe where he goes, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He's in awe. Just this incredible gift that he's been given to have someone who is like him to walk through life with her forever. But in the very next chapter, uh, when we have the account of the fall into sin, what we hear the man saying to God is, the woman you gave me caused me to sin. The first thing he does is he just throws her right under the bus. And then it's only a chapter after that that we read about Cain and Abel, where Cain kills his brother out of jealousy. And by the end of that chapter, we have our first record of polygamy. Marriage and family are complicated in this world ever since the fall. Ever since sin entered into this world, this relationship of marriage and these relationships of family have become more difficult. So it's no surprise then, that when we get to Mark chapter 10, we find the Pharisees asking Jesus about divorce, and not just kind of in this hypothetical kind of way, but divorce for any and every reason. What a far cry from God's vision for marriage and family. You see, they had bought into the lie that marriage is just a contract, not a lifelong commitment. I love the way that C.S. Lewis talks about marriage and this idea of being one flesh. He says that when a marriage ends, it's less like the dissolving of a contract and more like an amputation. And that's even reflected in the word that we translate divorce here. Uh, that word can also be translated as destroy and what we see happening so often uh, in in marriage as it leads into divorces the one spouse is destroying another and then both are led into sin and we know that the wages of sin is death and Jesus points out that this allowance that that people could get divorced He says that it was rooted in the hard-heartedness of our forefathers, of our ancestors. And that's key. It's really key to understand that hard-heartedness breaks and damages our relationships. You see, this is what love turned inward upon ourselves does to us. And as I talked about in the sermon last week, this is exactly why God comes to us. In Psalm 51, we pray, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And in Ezekiel chapter 36, God speaks to us, and he tells us that he's going to take our heart of stone. doesn't get much more hard-hearted than with a stone. He's going to take our heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. And this is the work that God does in us as he redeems us in Jesus this hard-heartedness of sin uh, can lead us to a situation that is untenable, where, where people are being destroyed. And not just husband and wife, because children are, are destroyed. They're damaged and hurt in, in the, this brokenness that takes place in our lives too, and the, in the brokenness of, of divorce as well. And I think that we should be clear that, that divorce is always a terrible thing. And while we're on that point, we need to take that a step further and remember, or maybe ask the question, can a person be in a situation where divorce could be the least bad thing that they might do? And sadly, in a world that's so broken as we are in, um, the answer to that is yes. And although Jesus warns us that a person who remarries in, in, in divorce commits adultery, I think it's really important for us to remember God's grace and his forgiveness, but also to be careful to not allow our hard-heartedness to enter into this second chance that we sometimes have when when couples get married after a divorce, because divorce ultimately violates God's vision from the beginning of husband and wife as a a complement. To one another. Now that's complement with an e in the middle. That means that they, they match together. They, they, they are meant to build one another up. Although uh, to be honest we could use more complements too um, where husbands and wives speak well of one another. But this complement with an E means that husband and wife, children and family have mutual love turned outward. And service and sacrifice become key in that familial relationship. So this is an important part of our life as the church. An important part of the work that we do is that we speak forgiveness to husbands and wives. We deliver Jesus, his grace, to parents and children. As we strive to have an atmosphere in the church of of love and service and sacrifice, a, a, an atmosphere that extends into our homes, where, where husbands and wives build one another up, and where children are raised in the faith and they experience the love of parents and the love of God. And as individuals, single or married, because we're, we're, we're not all... Uh, married, and God loves all of us uh, and and longs for blessings in all of our lives, that as individuals that we can walk daily in God's grace. So this Sunday, we're going to chew on that a little bit more in terms of the context of what does it look like for us as the people of God to cherish family, to, to have a, a, a vision uh, that recognizes that we have, have been entrusted with families, biological families throughout the congregation, but also a family that includes everyone who is part of our congregation, that we have become a family of faith. And I, I hope this uh, this little message helps to prepare us to, to hear that word on Sunday. So if you want to read ahead, uh, check out Genesis chapter 2. Uh, mark chapter 10 and uh, read those sections of the scriptures and and you'll you'll have a leg up in terms of what we're going to do on sunday and if you're still with me thanks again god's blessings